updated the computer and the new garage band so maybe the sound will be even better than it already has been because everything's up to date so i think it's been better already but no we're I'm like excited. for reals in the 21st century we're friggin donut y'all we have the equipment we are fairly regular well, that's kind of a personal thing, but I guess, you know, I I do okay. That's definitely what I meant. I know. <laughs> I know. We do still have that absolutely insane child still living upstairs, so if you hear any mysterious thumping, unfortunately it's not a ghost. It is. A child. A child. So it's worse than a ghost. 100% worse than a ghost. Yeah. But, um, so there's that. Uh, but welcome to Broomsticks and Bullshit. If this is your first episode, welcome. And buckle up. <laughs> it's about to be something. That's Katie over there. That's Jess. Ta-da! I'm in a really ta-da mood today. Ta-da! <laughs> I'm ready to be ta You wrote, like, a whole dissertation on something. I feel like we take turns, because every episode where you have a really long one, mine's shorter. And then when I do a longer one, yours is shorter. So that's good. This worked out. I'm excited for mine. I think it's going to be fun. Yeah. I don't know. You're making me worried about yours. Don't worry you about it. You wrote a whole long thing. Don't worry about it. You needed more time. It is Fine. Are you juggling crystals over there? I am. In one hand. It's Trying a dog to keep in the one. bad... The bad mojo? Yeah. No, the opposite. I'm trying to continue the good mojo. Okay. I just have um, an Indus River rock that's balancing to all seven chakras. So, like, we're the main... The main seven. Right. She's pointing to her tattoo. You guys can't see it. You can't see it. Because this is a podcast. <laughs> but it's there. If you haven't seen, check my check my Instagram page at Pukalukatuka. She has two arms. <laughs> I have two whole arms. So that other one we talked about, there's another one that already had stuff on it, y'all. Crazy. Crazy. I'm thinking about putting little stuff in the circles, just for shits and gigs. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> I should be speaking louder so you guys can hear me. I get so muffly sometimes. I'm embarrassed by all my research. Meanwhile, I just scream. <laughs> it's fine. You don't scream. No, I just have a naturally loud voice. I mean, I don't think so. I don't think most people who know you would agree with that. I try to keep it under wraps. Well, you do a good job, because I don't think anyone would say that to you. Thanks. You're welcome. 
If that's okay. I, mean, I don't know. You I, can be loud. I'm not good at taking compliments. <laughs> this podcast has literally turned into like, what's wrong with Katie? And I tell you something new every episode. And I'm like, but you know what? I just have to work on that personally. <laughs> so thanks for coming on this self-acceptance journey with me, everyone. We'll see what I come up with today. It's fine. Do I smell nice? Jess forced me to shower I did before not. we recorded because she needed more time. Oh, well, that, yeah. That so she know. was kind of like, don't you want to take a shower? <laughs> and I was like, well, I guess I do. <laughs> but do I smell luscious? Because I used the products that you bought me in my goodie box. Did you? I did. You smell delicious. Thank y'all. Which ones did you use? I used the dream cream on my tattoo, and then I used the sleepy lotion. That smells great on you. Thank you. Doesn't the dream cream feel good on the tattoo? It does. It was like, I did it at work the other day, and I was like, this is very soothing. I think, but we don't need like a whole tub. It only comes in like large tubs. And my uh, assistant manager was like, you should get this gift to keep that one. And then, like, I was like, yes, but that's, like, literally the only thing she's going to like from that one. So I'm going to rip it apart and put it back together with stuff that I know you're going to like. See, here again. So here's another issue with me. It's not an issue. It's not an issue I'm at difficult all. to shop for. I don't know what octave to talk at. <laughs> it's fine. You're great. You just need to, you just know what you want, and that's not a problem. Sometimes I don't, and that is the problem. <laughs> Sometimes you don't, and that is, like, a common problem. Right. So I wouldn't worry about it too much. You're not alone. Well, <laughs> <laughs> let's just keep going down the list, shall we? No, it's okay. Because we're doing a Valentine's Day episode, so that doesn't work yeah. out well, at all. I don't exactly have a very nice Valentine's Day story to tell for you all today. Great, because so. I don't like the nice ones. Good, so uh, happy Valentine's Day, folks. Or um, not, I don't know. I'm about to... Ruin it? Ruin it! Yes, that's my favorite thing to do! <laughs> so I'm going to talk about the day and happenings of the St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Love it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, we're in 1929, February 14th, of course, because it's on Valentine's Day. Right. So if we did math, that would be... Oh, my goodness. Ugh. 90 years. Sure. Just keep talking. I'm going to check myself because if I just did that math correctly, holy shit. I'm okay. very proud so of you. So it's 2019 and you said 1929? Yeah. I don't even know how to work my calculator. I'm so excited <laughs> that I just did this math right. No, keep doing it. Before we dive back in, I'll just tell you how thrilled I am that you enjoy the Lush. I was right. Ah! I love it. You're brilliant. Oh, thank you. It's the truth. It's just the truth. Mm. All right. Well, I'm going to continue because... Sorry, anyway. <laughs> no. No, 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 no. I had I a moment it. where I did math correctly and I just <laughs> had to bask in it for a hot second. You nailed it. 
And it's nice that it's exactly 90 years. That worked out really well. I didn't even realize that. It's like the 90th anniversary of the St. Valentine's Day massacre. And last week we did the 1999 episode. It is 20-fine guys. We're doing so well. Uh, 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 uh. We are fan fragantasta. Yeah. So... Um, as it were, these guys were not fan friggin' tastic. All right. <laughs> so, sucks for them. Oh yeah, it really sucks for them. So the whole deal takes place in Chicago. Chi-town. So, Chi-town, the windy city. So, <clears throat> essentially, uh, it's Al Capone, Scarface, mm-hmm. versus... Uh, George Bugs Moran. So, George Bugs Moran is, like, the head of the Northside gang. Okay. So, like, he's in charge at the moment, and he's the target of the massacre. But, he manages to get out alive. Damn. So, I know. It's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. We'll get there. So, basically, I'll let you know, like, how we got there, and then what went down. You know what I mean? Right, so the the who, what, when, where, whys, and hows of the whole situation. Right. Okay, that's a good place to start. Yeah, yeah. I got you. Okay. <laughs> Lay it on me. <laughs> Give me the deets. So, they ended up murdering... Seven of the gang members and associates from Chicago's Northside Gang. It was in the Lincoln, the Lincoln Park neighborhood. Uh oh. Which is fantastic. I, I just, I, I'm gonna have to add a Lincoln Park song, like just two seconds of it, so we don't get sued, like, real quick. Right. Can you think of a Lincoln Park song? Bleeding out, breaking the habit. Oh, breaking the habit. Yeah, there you go, guys. Okay, so, no one can sue us now. I just want to let you know I was sitting here, like, prepared, waiting for you to ask me about a Linkin Park song for, like, five seconds. I'm like, yes, I know them all. I'm so glad you were here for it. (laughs) And I'm glad you also kept looking at me until you saw the spark of of, oh, I know that one in my eye. Yeah. I know them all, but not by name. I would know them if I heard them. Anyhow. <sighs> I won't get into it. Anyway, so, we got Bugs Moran and Scarface Al Capone. These are great Chicago accents you're doing right now, by the way. Is that Chicago? I don't think so. <laughs> I didn't think so either. <laughs> okay, so anyhow... So, this is pretty slick motherfucking shit. So, whoa. (laughs) It's, no, they're they're fucking clever. Like, this is some slick shit. Alright. I don't even know where to start. I'm so excited. Yeah, we'll go back to what happened, because I don't want to spoil it all. And I feel like knowing some of the background. Or do you want little hints, and then I'll tell you how it unfolds. I'll let you know, like, the basics of the case. Okay. Alright, so, two shooters dressed as policemen 
two shooters dressed in, like, regular 1920s gangster clothes. So, like, the overcoat and the hat and the whole thing. Right. So they go, they all end up going into a parking lot and leading the gangsters at gunpoint. Like, leading all of them. The good ones and the bad ones. Okay. (laughs) But the two police... Okay. Seven of them are shot. The PGs. The police gangsters. Yes. Okay. Bingo. Right. So, they are dragging... They, like, get all of them into the parking lot. Five of the members are... Uh, like, direct, I mean, they're all in it. Okay, so we've got the second in command of the gang. It's the, it's Moran's brother-in-law, Albert Kachalak, with a K. Bunch of K's in there. All right. Kachalak. And then his alias was James Clark, which is a lot easier to pronounce, so I just added that one in there. Good on him. Um, he's got Adam Heyer, who died, the uh, gang's bookkeeper and, like, business manager, so he handled all the money. See, that sucks, because you think you got a nice office job, you're never going to see battle, and then... Boom. Taken out. Well, I mean, you go f- you go to meetings, and you, you ought to know better. You got to know shit's probably... You got to keep an eye out. I would go on a full, like, SWAT, bulletproof outfit. Always. Every time. Especially now. But, like, back then, I can imagine... Just, like, full Michelin man. Right. Rubber they, suit. They were fucking bold, walking out there with vests and overcoats. They were like, I don't give a fuck, shoot me. I'm still gonna do this. I mean, you gotta look sharp, so that way you can just go right into your funeral procession and you don't have to change. Yeah, they really, I mean, that was pretty so much... So considerate of them, really. To save time like that. Just, like, sew up a couple bullet holes, bada-bing, bada-boom. Right. I, wait until you hear how bad this goes. I don't know how much of the clothes were, uh... I don't know how much they could have saved from this situation. Okay, so uh, they shoot all seven. They also got... So we got Adam Heyer, Money Man. We got Albert Weinshank, who managed several cleaning and dyeing operations for Moran. So I think, like, clothing, like, things. And maybe, like, washing and drying for, like, companies. Like, you know, linens and stuff for the various saloons that they off they uh, owned because they owned saloons fun fact we'll get there so then they also kill uh the some gang enforcers like two of the top henchmen guys frank and henry uh, henry and or peter is there oh there's another one well shit so they also there's so many Goosenbergs, I can't keep track. There's it's a whole Frank. gander of Goosenbergs. It's a whole <laughs> gander of Goosenbergs. Okay. You've got Frank and Peter Goosenberg. That's two people or one guy named Frank and Peter? <laughs> That's awesome, but unfortunately no. So it's two people. Two people. Okay. Brothers. Right. Frank and Peter. Okay. Later we'll meet Henry. Not yet. 
He wasn't there. He didn't die. They did. Bummer. Bummer. They uh, also shot two collaborators, uh, Reinhardt H. Schwimmer, who was a former optician turned gambler and gang associate. So what a story on that guy. You gotta have hobbies. You know? One or two gets boring after a while, I would imagine. He really kept it uh, interesting, so to speak. So he did that, which was super cute. And then you got John May, who was the last person who was killed. And he was like the mechanic for the gang. Like he took care of all the vehicles and the Cadillacs and all that flashy gang shit. The fact that they had a gang mechanic is just so funny to me. They were so prepared. They had the whole business handled. They had everybody. So, unfortunately, that's all seven of them did not make it. Uh, and now for how it started. Okay. And then we'll dive a little deeper into how that happened. All right. All right. So we've got... They are basically, like, in a super uh, turf war. Capone and uh, George Bugs Moran. So Moran versus Capone this whole freaking time. And then you've got them fighting over smuggling... It's during Prohibition still. So they're, like, smuggling in bootleg everything that they can get their hands on. And then they're arguing over the territory because Capone is, like, not from Chicago, but trying to run shit up there. And the north side is like, get the fuck out of here. Who are you? You don't even go here. So they're, like, trying, you know, they're obviously mean girls. (laughs) Right. (laughs) The mean girl gangsters. Right. All of them. Yeah. Actually, I think that'll make this more interesting. So every now and again, I'll speak as Mean Girl Gangsters. All their tuxedos were pink. Uh, Only on Wednesdays. Right. Yeah. What day was this? What day did this happen? I'm going to look it up and see what day of the week it was. Look it up. I'll keep going so I don't get lost. I tried to make these notes organized, and they are. Okay, keep going. I read so much that I want to tell you. Okay. So, so they're not only arguing over all of this, but at one point, uh, little Bugsy, Bugsy Boo Moran and his dudes crashed one of Capone's meetings at a hotel. So they just like pulled a drive by. His dudes filled six different mother effing cars, six cars, and they all unleashed fire at once in the windows of this hotel and tried to shoot Capone and all his dudes down while they were having a lunch meeting. And they shot more than 1,000 bullets. Wowie. 1,000 bullets. So somehow Capone survived. They literally have been surviving so many death attempts against each other. It's insane. I have no idea how they've made it this long. It's madness. So we have them fighting over, like, turf, turf for... Pretty much the entire 20s. All of Prohibition. They're arguing the Northside gang. Not specifically Bugs, but like him and his gang, even before he was a part of it, were right. all arguing. And then Capone is in the picture, and it's it's it's, a, it's madness. So 
Capone has already invested his time and his men and his energy in taking out two of the guys who ran that territory before uh, Bugs came to power. Okay. So he took out Dean O'Banion, who was murdered by four of Capone's gunmen in his own flower shop on North State Street in Chicago in 1924. So, like, this is all... It's just culminating. They're just murdering each other for years. And then they also killed, like, so that's when it started in 1924 with, like, the final, I'm going to start murdering you motherfuckers. Like, we were arguing, now I'm going to start murdering your leaders. So he killed him in 1924, and then from there, everyone who came to power in the Northside gang, whoever was in charge, Capone targeted and killed. Why did he want Chicago so badly if he wasn't from there? It's just big dick energy. Oh, he just, just wanted... to prove that he could have it. 100%. Okay. I mean, there was no definitive reasoning of that, but I can't imagine. There, It just didn't make any... They kept trying to muscle him out of everything, so he had this dog, like, racing track situation, like this gambling racing track that he owned, and they muscled him out of that and, like, a number of different saloons, like a number of different bars they pushed him out of because they were saying that it was their territory. So, like... I'm sure at the time he was outnumbered, so, like, he was being muscled out as much as he could stand to be until he had enough people in the area that he was paying to be like, all right, let's take these motherfuckers out. I don't know why I'm saying that so much. I think it's just the subject matter. We'll keep going. So, he's killing everybody. Moran comes to power. Like, within the same year, because this is, of course, in February, so, like, within the last 12 months, uh, Moran's main guys, Bugsy's main guys, uh, the Goosenbergs, so two of the Goosenbergs, Frank and Peter. Right. Frank and Peter. Frank and Peter. Frank and Peter Goosenberg. They uh, went after Machine Gun Jack McKern. McKern? McKern? It's like a, a Mick and then a G. Mick Gern. Mick Gern. Mick Gern. Which is funny because his actual name, his birth name, right. is Vincenzo Antonio Gibaldi. I feel like as a gangster, you should probably stick with that one. I mean, you'd think. Oh, I'm so sorry. I was having trouble, like, taking a deep breath, so my body was like, here, I got you, boo. I can't even, like, breathe enough to get all this out to you. Okay, so we got Machine Gun Vincenzo Jack McGurn, uh, who they killed. And, uh, fun fact, he was also a Sicilian-American boxer. And he was, like, a close member of Capone's, like, main outfit, his, like, main squad. Mm. So they took him out, I think, just to be jackasses and Capone was of course not thrilled so they uh, also they were complicit in the murders of Pasqualino Patsy Lorodo Lolordo Lolordo I was trying to get these right before I got here but like the struggles and then also, Antonio the Scourge Lombardo. So, I, I, I'm honestly, I'm 
they I think they're both masculine people, but Patsy is an interesting choice of. It was Pasquale. Pascal. Pasquetino. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, they were both part of an organization. They were presidents at both at different points of an organization called Union Siciliana, which is a like a frat organization, a fraternal organization of like Italian Americans who were pretty much like running Italian society in Chicago. I didn't have time to research exactly how far their reach goes, but they were like controlling voting and like getting money and I'm sure owning a bunch of businesses, so it was a whole thing. Sorry. Can't stand all this excitement. <laughs> I'm like, ah. I keep meaning to take an allergy pill. I was saying earlier, I get it, Layla. I definitely need an allergy pill as well. I'm all like congested. Last time nose. you did the wrong thing. This time you're like yawning. I need an allergy pill. I'm just yawning because I can't breathe through my nose, so I'm not getting enough deep breaths to keep up with myself. It's fine. I'll just slow down a little bit and sit better. So. So they were both, like, known associates of Capone as well. And then, of course, Capone is not thrilled about what's going down. So in 1929, he finally had decided he had had about enough. So we've got the plan. What they had arranged, they had gotten tight, Capone's crew had gotten tight with the uh, Purple Gang, who was Chicago's Jewish gang, which I thought was very interesting. So the Jewish gang of Chicago. <laughs> All I'm picturing in my mind when you say Jewish gang is the episode of Billy on the Street, <laughs> where he's running down the street with the pack of lesbians and they pass the like group of Hasidic Jews and he just starts screaming like lesbians, Jews, Jews, lesbians. And that's all like when you say Jewish gang, that's Billy on the street with the Hasidic Jews. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Well, with that in your head. Right. The um, purple gang of Chicago. They managed to strike a deal with the North side convincing them to buy uh, some bootleg Canadian whiskey. So some, like, cut-rate whiskey. They had stolen it, and they were going to sell them the stolen whiskey. So the Goosenberg brothers were supposed to bring two empty trucks to Detroit to pick up two loads of the whiskey. And uh, most of the Moran gang had already arrived at the headquarters by 10.30 a.m. on Valentine's Day. So they're already, like, showing up. They had just had coffee. They had recently went to a coffee shop. They were heading, heading to work to do their normal gangster things. Right. As you do. It was, like, specifically mentioned that they were dressed, like, to the nines. Like, they apparently spend a lot of time getting dressed in the morning. That's why they get a late start. Right. So they uh, get their coffee. They're all dressed up. They're going to work. And then they notice the cops. 
and they dipped back to the coffee shop that they just came from. And but these were the real cops, or these were the PGs? These were the PGs. Okay. So the PGs see them, and they, like, they see each other. The guys dip, and they go back to the coffee shop to try to wait it out. The other guys manage to catch up with Henry Goosenberg and warned him to turn back. So, I don't know why he was... I don't know what kind of alliance was going on there, but one of the Goosenbergs survived because one of the PGs was like, you better get the fuck out of here. And he was like, all right, bye. Interesting. And then we got Willie Marks, another one of the Northside members, who spotted the cops as well, and he wrote down their license plate number and then dipped out of the neighborhood. He, like, saw the PGs dipped into a doorway and was like, uh, yikes, I'm going to write this shit down so I can report back to boss and we're going to get out of here. So he also skedaddled. And then we've got Capone's guys who are the PGs. Right. The whole time. And then these other two guys. So they've been sitting in this Cadillac, staking out the situation, walking around, coming back. The guys... They watch the they watch Moran's Bugsy Moran's. They watch him. Only his guys. They think it's him, but it's actually uh, Mr. Albert, Mr. Albert Weinshank, the guy who was in charge of like cleaning shit. Right. Apparently, they had a very similar build, and like they wore a lot of the same kinds of colors and clothes. So they thought that it was Bugs, but it wasn't. So they see. The seven of these guys go in because they're thinking, all right, it's they're just about to leave for the drop. Like, we should go check it out <clears throat> and kill these motherfuckers. So they decide, or they had rather already planned, so they didn't decide it. They were ready to go. Some witnesses later reported to police that they saw the four of them cop out of the sedan, the Cadillac sedan, the two PGs and the two gangsters that were like dressed up in regular clothes. Mm -hmm. So they mentioned that they see all of them going into the garage, into like the rear end of the garage. And it happens that John May, the mechanic, Mm -hmm. had to fix one of the trucks before they could go. So they were perfectly vulnerable, just, like, sitting around fixing a truck in the back of their, like, headquarters building, wherever they're doing their gangster shit. And the two cops come in first and are like, put your hands up, get against the wall. And, like, the guys, like, think they're going to get arrested, no big deal. Yeah. And then the other two regular civilian guys. Meanwhile, these two cops, these two quote-end-quote cops, have shotguns. Which is like, what? Okay, what? A shotgun? That seems like a little excessive. Anyhow, back to the story. So all seven of them are lined up against the wall. And then the two PGs note, like, they make a signal to the two guys that are dressed up in regular clothes. And they just start opening fire, swishing back and forth, Scarface style, with, like, two Thompson submachine guns. Which I have no idea what that is, but I wrote it down. One with like a 20 round mag and one with like a 50 round drum. Which again, I don't know what that means. Yeah, these are all terms. 
but they're words that yeah. apparently mean things. NRA, if you're listening. There it is. Also, fuck you. Um, so they just sprayed. They just sprayed bullets until all seven of them had fallen to the floor. And then, then these motherfuckers had the two PGs walk the other guys out to the car with their hands up. The guys in the suits. The guys in the suits. Right. Who were also part of Capone's gang. Right. So they had them with their hands up at gunpoint with the shotguns, putting them in back into the Cadillac that they rolled in on. I, I don't know how that made sense to anybody, but apparently no one... I don't know. Maybe they did. Maybe someone did put that all together. I don't know. Anyhow. So they... Get, they they get out. They leave. They're, they manage to get out. There's a whole thing on the investigation. We're not going to get into that right now. But they... So... I'm going to have to cut out some of this dead time scrolling around on my OneNote. So, when actual cops show up at the scene, mm-hmm. the only guy still alive was one of the Goosenbergs. Henry. Frank. He was only alive for, like, a minute. I thought Frank and Peter already died. So, Henry's, like, running away trying to get in touch with everybody else. Moran had just happened to leave his hotel apartment late. Like, the Parksville hotel apartment. I don't know, something. So, he's, like, running late. He's on his way to the garage where everybody's meeting up to send the Goosenbergs to Detroit. Right. So they open fire. They ever they fire until everyone falls to the ground. Then they leave. They do the whole charade with the like, you're arrested, blah 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 blah. Everyone heard it. Get in the car, blah. So then the actual cops show up. Right. <laughs> I really like your crime scene description. <laughs> Everybody heard it, so we have evidence. <laughs> I would make a great cop. Let me arrest people. So, like, we totally know you did it. You're so guilty. Just, like, admit it already. Get over it. Anyhow. Right. So, uh, it just so happened that Frank of the Goosenbergs was still alive. Okay. He had 14 bullet wounds. He was uh, barely kicking. Mm -hmm. So they raced him to the hospital, and they managed to stabilize him long enough that the police could interview him. And this G.S. mother effer tells the police, no one shot me. He's like, no, I'm not giving, no, fuck you guys. I'm not bleeding from 14 holes Absolutely in my body not. right now. Yeah, it seemed obviously ridiculous, but also that's what was so G about it, you know? No one shot me. No one shot me. I mean, that's at least what the rumor is. I wasn't there, so I you don't weren't. know. I wasn't. I was expecting, like, first-hand eyewitness information. Nothing I do is Come ever on. enough. Someone in your family was there. You're Italian. Someone was there. Someone may very well have been there. They had to know Frank and Peter. 
They may, they may have known Frank and Peter. I'm not going to tell you no. We're not Sicilian, though. We actually, they're a little, like, snooty about the Sicilians for some reason. That's no excuse. All right, well. All right. Well, so Frank. I'll bring that up with your grandmother the next time I see her. <laughs> She'll be thrilled. I'm sure. Definitely do that. Oh, yeah. So, they got Frank and Peter. Just Frank. Frank of Frank and Peter. Stabilized just long enough for him to say, like, fuck you, police. And then... (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Are you enjoying this? Uh Uh-huh. And then he died three hours later. In the hospital. And the only person... Well... The only thing to survive was Highball, the mechanic's dog. Oh, I know he made it. So did he tell them who shot him? Had to be. 100% Highball the dog. Yeah. I mean. He barked in Morse code. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I read a little bit about the investigation, and it really didn't seem like they had much to pin anybody on. So... So they got away with it. Yeah, it was pretty much just a huge success. And, I mean, a terrible success. Because, like, seven dudes died that day. But not that they were, like, great guys or anything. Sure. But at the same time, this was, like... This was, like, the reason it was, like, branded. And so it got a name. Like, the St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Is because it was, like, such a huge moment in American history with, like, gang culture and, like, the the beginnings of gang culture and, like, oh, okay, people are just gonna shoot each other up because they disagree. Cool. I mean, people have already been doing this, but not in, like, a pack. <laughs> Squad goals. For real. You know, ride or dies to the max. I hope that dude's tombstone just said nobody shot me, and that's all that it said. No one shot me. Nobody shot me, did not die February 14, 1929. Frank and Peter Gusenberg. Definitely. (laughs) I think we should get jerseys. No one shot me. Oh, I was going to say Team Frank and Peter Gustenberg, but yours is good, too. Maybe we just get jerseys that say Gustenberg, and then we are Frank and Peter together. Yes. I love it. Next Halloween. No one shot us. Oh, please. Well, I guess there's no guarantee of that anymore. Why? Because people shoot each other all the time. Well, hopefully not us. I mean, I hope not, but, like, people doing it in malls and shit. Guys, don't leave your house. Just stay home and listen (laughs) to every episode of our podcast again and again and again. I'm sorry to spill some hot tea. That's just the reality of it. But we can cut that out if that's too real. I mean, this is what it is, people. This is what it is, That's what they gonna do. They done did it. It's done. Nobody, he's not, he's not dead. (laughs) Nobody shot him. What would he think of Biggie and Tupac? Nobody shot me. That's some bullshit. I mean, I mean. I digress. Maybe it was just inspiration. 
What? No? I'm just wondering why he said nobody shot me, because at that point, did he really think he was going to live? Well, no, but that wasn't the point of it. He was just, like, not about to be a snitch. He would, like... Well, who cares? That's the thing. It's, it's, it's like an integrity thing. He cared. Well, I shouldn't be joining any gangs anytime soon, because... I mean... I get shot, like, once or twice, okay. But I'm sorry. If you fucking light me up 14 times, I'm gonna be like, guess who shot me? I, well, I'll draw you a picture. <laughs> I'll write you a haiku. <laughs> Why you gotta shoot me? That's some fucked up shit, yo. Now I'm dead and stuff. A haiku. There it is. <laughs> Franken Peter Gusenberg's final. <laughs> Final, final send off. Yeah. Hope you liked it. That was, that was the, uh, St. Valentine's Day massacre right there. What a ride. Right? So who got the dog? (laughs) (laughs) See, before we started, you said you're going to have answers to all of my questions. I knew you were going to find. Because I said it, I knew you were going to find something. I'm I'm hoping that a policeman adopted him. And he's living... Uh, he lived. <laughs> that dog is still alive. He got he's all the Frank the, and he Peter. He got all of the years that Frank and Peter would have lived. Combined. Right. Yeah. That's exactly what happened. And that's the story of Frank and Peter. Highball the dog. Goosenberg. Goosenberg. <laughs> May. There it is. Wow. Yeah. So, in case you also need a drink, because that was just too wild. It was. Did you it? Was it too much? Did you enjoy it? No, I liked it. Okay. I feel like I was pretty comprehensive. Yeah. I wish you guys could <sighs> see. She was just scrolling violently through her iPad she had it looked like you had drawn like a pentagram and you were like going from point to point and like all over the place and like this happened and this happened like she was mind mapping but like that's how I live I mind map exclusively in pentagram it was crazy (laughs) I wish you could all see this process I'll take a screenshot and I'll send it to the uh, Instagram crew. <laughs> send it to the Instagram. I'm gonna I'm gonna upload the Instagram for you kids. So um, I'll do that so you can see how you can see how mad this is. It's a combination of information from History.com and Wikipedia, and some other just less like. You type things into Google and it comes up and it tells me about stuff briefly. Just probably just more Wikipedia. So, good thing I donated to them. Thanks, Wikipedia. Okay. Alright, should we pause so you can use your inhaler or take a pill or take a nap? Yeah, I need a cleanse. Wipe breath. the sweat away after all of that. It's madness! Yeah, I yeah, we'll take a quick little breaky poo. 
right now. So gangster way to say it. You know me. I'm like keeping it. I'm keeping it G. Right. That's I. I'm sorry. That's all I had. <laughs> okay. Well, see you guys in a second here. So offline, I asked Jess, <laughs> was it before we ended or after we ended, who ended up with the dog? It was after we ended. Yeah, so I asked Jess who got the dog. We Wait. don't know. I think it was after. I, I think so, too. Anyway, you asked me. Right. And I have no idea. And then I said, what kind of dog was it? And Jess also didn't know. And before yeah. we started, she was like violently writing down things like I want to have answers to all of your questions and then as soon as she's done I'm like what kind of dog was it and you didn't know what kind of dog it was of course just you just I'm never satisfied I just you just wanted to reiterate that just in case no one heard it right got you got you got you got you okay um I'm a failure next well (laughs) we're both doing really well (laughs) So, just before we get into my topic, while we're on the topic of other people not doing so well. Right. These BuzzFeed headlines today are just so ridiculous. Oh, la cucaracha. Yeah, our crack van just drove by. Oh, good. Um, I'm just going to read three, three of these very quickly. Yeah. Okay. There's a naked troll that farts glitter at Universal Studios and people have feelings. What? Right, okay, so, there's a character in the movie Trolls, which I've never seen. Yeah, me neither. So, they have somebody walking around Universal in this troll costume. It's butt naked. What? No clothes on. No. And it farts glitter. I don't like Apparently. Nope. Not into it. So, people are having some feelings about it. Yeah, well, that's terrible. I hate the troll that farts glitter, but I appreciate Universal for making me feel some kind of feelings again. (laughs) Lots of discussion about the glitter farting troll, but not enough discussion about the fact that there's a butt-ass naked character walking around Universal Studios. Yeah, right, right, right. Cool, cool. And then someone else said, imagine getting a BFA in musical theater to be the farting glitter troll. I mean, work is work. I don't know how. (laughs) I mean, but for real. I get both sides of that. Just, so, there's a naked farting glitter troll at Universal Studios. Wait, in California or in Florida? Uh, They did not specify, but I'm... Oh, they did. Whichever one has troll land. I don't know. Oh, look at that. All right, so anyway. How the tables have turned. Uh, next. (laughs) Yeah, next. Cynthia Bailey from The Real Housewives said she asked a random white guy on the street to take a selfie with her because she thought it was Tom Brady. It was not Tom Brady. Cute, 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 yeah. She ended up with a photo of a random person. I ran into this guy the night... In the lobby after the Super Bowl, I asked him for a picture because I thought he was Tom Brady. What? Anywho. 
that was that. I don't know. That's I don't even fun. know who this woman is. I mean, do I think she's from the the Real Housewives of Atlanta, and I who cares. Okay, last one. Bethany Frankel defends Pete Davidson after a fan questioned why women like him. Valid question. After his highly publicized relation... Oh, dear. All right, well... We'll discuss that on another episode. Yeah, okay. After his highly publicized relationship with Ariana Grande ended last October... Has it been that long? Pete Davidson is allegedly dipping his feet back into the dating pool. Recently, he's been romantically linked to British actress Kate Beckinsale. Oh. Romance rumors have circulated their way around Hollywood, sparking the interest of another Real Housewife, Bethany Frankel, who's on The Real Housewives of New York. Yes. So she tweeted, So Pete Davidson was engaged to the sexy and talented Ariana Grande and is now dating the beyond stunning Kate Beckinsale. So I guess it's clear that he shoots diamonds out of his penis. Wow, that's pretty rude. Maybe he's just a nice guy, guys. Wait, so he's dating Kate Beckinsale. Rumored. Right. That seems like an interesting match, but okay. So then uh, after that, some fan of hers tweeted back at her, but for real, how do women keep falling for him? So then she responds, he is probably nice and funny, which is something women like, cute and sweet, and the diamond dick probably doesn't hurt either. (laughs) I mean, I feel like it would, but... Oh, yeah. It would, like, physically hurt. Right. So they, it, well, they meant that it, like, shoots diamonds. As long as you didn't, like, as long as you pulled out, I guess, it would be profitable, right? Okay. I don't really want to think about it. <laughs> I still don't know how he, uh, he ended up with Ariana Grande, but I suppose there's someone out there for everyone, but then again, he's not doing so great, so I don't know. They met on SNL when she came to perform on SNL. I know, but, like, I don't understand... The how. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, good news. Right. Oh, I checked. It was a Thursday. It wasn't a Wednesday. It was a Thursday. The massacre was a Thursday, so they weren't wearing pink. It's a Thursday this year, though. Ooh. What? Uh, before we go too far... That's Highball, the German Shepherd. Oh, Yeah. He was not killed, at least not right away. The cops apparently had to put him down. What? Bad news. His panic left a sort of psychic imprint on the grounds, and after that, the garage was torn down. Okay. Yeah, not a great story, but mm-hmm. there's a tour that goes by his gravesite, or rather, where his imprint is, like... Where it happened. And you might interact with a little ghosty dog. But they think that's how they found them. Is because he was barking. And like mm-hmm. tipped off the neighbors and stuff. Mm-hmm. Sad day. Sorry to bring it back down. Bring it back up. Bring it back up. <gasps> wow. You, just, you <clears throat> had questions. I have answers. Sometimes it's just better not to know. I'm learning. I'm learning. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, so enough of that. Okay. So I decided uh-huh. because it's our Valentine's Day episode. Yeah. We're gonna find ourselves some Valentine's Day dates. Ooh. So it's kind of like my own rendition of 
what was the actual name of the show? Love Connection. Uh huh. But I don't want us to get sued. Okay. So. So it's not at all Love Connection. No, it's. No. Um, we're gonna call it something else. We're gonna call it. Choose your boo. Choose I don't, whatever. yo boos. So I have four possible options. I love. I'm gonna read off some characteristics about them. Okay. And I'm then... not gonna reveal. Okay. What their gender is. Okay. Just gonna go through the list. I love this. Then at the end, you can tell me which one, based on the facts you've heard, you would like to go on a date with, and okay. I'll tell you which one I would have picked, and then I'll reveal who you chose. Okay, perfect. This is fantastic. All right. You're brilliant. Thanks. All right, so boo number one. Okay, yeah. Born and raised Mm -hmm. in a small farm town in the American Midwest. Okay. They have brown hair. Okay. Blue eyes. Okay, And they're about five foot seven. Oh, all right. They're not highly educated and they're a bit socially awkward. That's okay. Their family is known for having some issues... And they would probably blame their personal shortcomings on their family in therapy. Well, it happens, right? Like, I mean, come on. Yeah. Can't fault them too bad. You know what I mean? Well, we'll see. Yeah. All right. So, (laughs) they're good with their hands. Okay. And they're known for being very crafty. All right. Which is how they make their living. Okay. So, if they had an Etsy shop open today, Uh it would include things like... Uh Uh-huh. Handmade china and pottery. Uh-huh. Lamps, tables, and window coverings. Nice. That have been decorated using all recycled materials. Uh-huh. Custom-made corsets and dresses. Uh-huh. Their personal hobbies include reading adventure stories. Mm-hmm. World War II propaganda. Uh-huh. And a particular knack for body modification. On a date, they would probably take you on a midnight picnic to a graveyard. Yeah, that sounds about right. I think I know who this is. All right. (laughs) So, I'm game. Continue, please. That was boo number one. Okay, boo number one. Down. Graveyard date. Okay, cool. Yeah. In it. All right. Family issues. Got you. Boo number two. Mm -hmm. They were born and brought up in Hungary. Okay, fascinating. They have brown eyes. Nice. Long dark hair. Okay. And a pale complexion. Wow. They come from a very notable family and held a very high political position throughout their lifetime. Oh, good for them. They began to show signs of epilepsy as a child. Not as good for them. And did not treat it using conventional medicine. Mm, probably not as good for them either. They have family members who are known to practice and teach aspects of Satanism and witchcraft. Well, that's a plus. I like a I like a person with experience. Well, those were some of the ways that they tried to treat their epilepsy. They had the family spookies. You know, we win some and we lose some. Yeah. They hold a title in the Guinness Book of World Records. Okay. And they are thought to be the inspiration for a very famous literary character. Oh. They were brought up in a fairly religious environment and can speak four languages. Wow. They were engaged and married at a very young age. Okay, well. And had a unique arrangement regarding the last name of their spouse. Oh, okay. Flexibility. I like it. This relationship did not work out. Oh, well. 
They have a bit of a reputation for going through servants in their household. Okay, so maybe not the nicest. Their neighbors find them creepy and often complain of loud noises coming from their home. Not a great sign. They're a bit of an extreme sadist. Okay. And would probably pretend they didn't hear you yell out your safe word. Cool. Cool. That's not got that's not cool, but cool. Right, got it. They're very fascinated by blood and believe it has healing powers. Mm-hmm. They would definitely be an avid fan of Saw and Hostel. Okay. But would probably claim that those movies weren't that realistic. On a date, they would probably take you to an escape room that they built themselves. <laughs> okay. That was boo number two. Okay. I don't know if I know... I, like, I know I'll know when you say it, but it's not coming to me. So let's, uh... Let's see. Let's see about boo number three. <clears throat> All right. All right. Boo number three. Yeah. Born and raised in Queens, New York. Okay. They're approximately six foot three. Okay. Blue eyes. Ooh, I like blue eyes. And blonde hair. Watch that be Desmond. Love you, Des. Okay, so the blue The person eyes, I'm describing hair. is not Des. No, 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 no. The person outside no, clamoring. Yeah, no. <laughs> All right. Born in Queens. Yeah. Blue eyes, blonde hair, six foot three. Cute. They were appointed president of their family business at 25. Wow, entrepreneur. They host and appear on numerous reality shows. Okay. Have co-authored several books. Wow. And have appeared on Saturday Night Live in some sort of capacity dozens of times. Okay. So they were either on it or someone played them or it was something to do with their self. Right. They are an avid user of social media. Okay. They've been married three times. All right. Their personal hobbies include uh-huh. golfing, okay. gambling, got you. and eating junk food. Got it, got it, got it, got it. Catch they're, on, in catch the, they're in the public eye <laughs> all the time uh-huh, uh-huh. due to some not-so-favorable opinions on hot-button issues locally and globally. Ooh, ooh, and on, on a date, they would probably take you on a tour of their own house. And would offer you only lemon starbursts and Diet Coke. Only. Exclusively. Only those those two things. Yeah, that's going to be a hard pass. We're already saying no on boo number three right out of the gate. Out of the gate. (laughs) We're going to go ahead and say a nap today, boo-boo. All right. You're fired. Yes, boo number four. Okay. There's still possibility for love. I'm still open to it. All right. This is the last one. Yeah. All right. Born in England. Okay. Associated mostly with the Brighton area. Doesn't mean anything to us. Okay. They are tall. Sounds familiar. Okay, tall. Fair. Oh. And unsuspecting. Bunch of Snow Whites up in here. They had a good childhood and a privileged upbringing. Okay. But they were diagnosed with conversion disorder, which is having ungovernable excess of emotions. Okay, so they just, like, were over... They had a lot of feelings. I mean, maybe they just needed the right medicine. Ugh. Guys, mental health. I had a lot of feelings, too, but now... 
You have no feelings. No, I have feelings, (laughs) but like the appropriate amount of feelings. I wasn't able to breathe for my part of the episode, but that was just excitement. So that wasn't like, (laughs) it was just, I was just happy. Yeah, continue. Okay, boo number four. We're still doing it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Have a lot of feelings. Yeah, feelings. They're a bit of a self-proclaimed confectionist and enjoy purchasing and experimenting with different types of chocolate. Hmm. They're a bit of a klepto, but always seem to somehow return what they stole. Well, that's like borrowing, right? They like to befriend people in high standings like doctors, chemists, and shop owners just in case they need a favor. Smart. They're known around town for being a bit of a mischievous nuisance, but they always seem to get away with their pranks. Hmm, okay. They love sending gifts in the mail, and even send packages to their own address from time to time. Suspish. Right. Very suspish. A series on BBC, a novel, and a puppet show has been put on in their honor before. Okay. On a date, they would probably suggest watching Willy Wonka and bring their own snacks for you to eat during the movie, but they wouldn't eat any of them. Oh, huh. Oh, huh. So, are you feeling any feelings towards any of our boos? Boo number two is our boo that does witchcraft and is a vampire, right? I mean, not specifically. They had, there were rumors that they had family that was known to be involved in Satanism and witchcraft, but this particular person was the one that thought blood had healing powers and had epilepsy. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. That's my boo. That was my boo also. Shut up. Yeah. No. Yeah. We can share. That's fine. Polly. Are you ready to find out? Yes, because I'm honestly not sure. I'm just trusting my All right, gut. do you want to know who you picked first or who the other people were first? Can I guess? Okay. Is the first person Ed Gein? Yes. Okay. And then boo number three is Donald Janica Trump. Yes. And then... Uh, uh, I don't think you're going to know this person. Number three? Number, number four. two, number four. I'm not sure about number four either. Okay. Okay. So number four yeah. was Christiana Edmonds. Oh, okay. And she would... She was my runner-up. Yeah. Okay. So she would go to this, like, bakery slash candy place. Mm-hmm. She would buy chocolates, mm-hmm. go home and put poison in them, and then return them back to the store. Oh, girl! Yeah. So a bunch of people that shopped there kept getting sick, and no one could figure out why, so they thought it was the shop guy who was, right. like, poisoning everybody, and everybody oh, that she, like, went to, like, her doctor got sick, other people around her started getting sick, and then they figured out it was her. Common denominator, her. this bitch. Yeah. That's crazy that more, like, feminine-identifying people are poisoners, too. That's interesting to me. I mean, because that's a long game. You can get away with so much. How many people did you, I mean, I'm not saying to I go think, out and try it. I'm just saying. I think it was close to a dozen. 
that were poisoned, I don't know that they all died, but but they, they were, were sick for a minute. Yeah. Got you. Yeah. All right. Who is our communal boo? So our boo is Elizabeth Bathory. Ooh. So she was like they have the a couple. They did. They talked about her on Wine and Crime, and I think they talked about her on My Favorite Murder. Okay. But she was the one who would hire like all of the servant girls and then put oh, them yeah. in cages and like right. torture them. Right, right, right. So that was her. Okay. And where? Where was, this was it? Was in Hungary. In Hungary. Yes. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Terrible, but also we love it. What a murdery episode. Right. Ugh. I also love that we picked a female. Yeah. Into it. I mean, she was a badass bitch. That's what I'm saying. The coven going strong. Yeah. She's a badass witch, too, which is... I mean, she's also a heartless torturer, but, like, you know, we all have our flaws. Yeah. And that was the date that you would want to go on out of all of them? I mean, I would want to go on the chocolate date, not because I want to get poisoned. It seemed like a bad idea, but the idea of getting, like, some chocolate in the game was, like, and watching a movie, I'm into that. Okay. But what was her date? What was dating Elizabeth? Elizabeth would be taking you to an escape room that they built themselves. Oh, right, 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 right. Which you said you don't really like the idea of escape rooms. And that was why I picked her, because I feel like she had that whole, like, Lady Jigsaw vibe going on, except Mm -hmm. she didn't really want them to live. Okay, well, did did Jigsaw really want them to live? I mean, he gave them the tools to survive if they they wanted, like, okay, I could do a whole episode, because there were, like, nine Saw movies. I need Shane for this one. (laughs) Please. We're going to get him one time. One of these days. We're going to get you. Yeah. We're going to get you. So you wouldn't want to go through the White House with Donald Trump and eat yellow Starbursts and have Diet Coke? Absolutely fucking not. Absolutely fucking not. The only thing about going on the date with Ed Gein to midnight at the graveyard is that he would make you work because he dug up bodies. Yeah. So it wouldn't be, like, super romantic. It'd kind of be like, hey, I need some stuff I have to do, and it's gonna go a lot faster if I have some help. I mean, also, though, then he would use your nipples for a belt, so... you. (laughs) I mean, I don't plan on breastfeeding anything, so honestly, I don't really need them. So if someone else can benefit from these extra accessories, like honey, have at it. Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, I, yeah. I don't think you'd be alive to not need them anymore, but. Someone had their nipple cut off in hostel. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm not saying you couldn't survive it. Right. I had both of my nipples pierced and I'm still here. Right. But, like, I don't imagine how he left things was generally people alive from no. what I know. I mean, you'd probably have to work that out ahead of time. Yeah, because he seems like the kind of person that you could negotiate that with. Well, I mean, I don't know. 
Have a have a nice notarized letter. Right. You're only gonna take my nipples. That's it. Mm-hmm. Watchy watchy. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely a thing for sure. I'm impressed. You guessed two out of four because the other two <laughs> aren't really people anyone's ever heard of before, but But it's good stories, man. Yeah. Wow. Thank you. That was that was some good stuff. I do think it's funny we chose the same person. I know, me too. And it was a lady. Yep. What did Stacy say? You need to have a different taste in men, but the same taste in liquor. Yeah. We don't have either one of those things, but apparently yeah. we have the same taste <laughs> in spooky ladies. Same taste in women. At least spooky women. Yeah. Yeah, I don't even know if we have the same taste in, like, women, necessarily. You're not really attracted to women, so... I mean, I think that there are women that are attractive. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's... I mean, I think that should be something that more people are more acceptive. Like, they just accept yourself. People are beautiful. It's fine. I'm sure I'm preaching to the choir right now. Anyhow... Yeah, I think it's good to... Well, that's how this podcast works, is because we have the same taste in bullshit and murder. Right. So, it's perfect. Yeah. Well, we have our boo for Valentine's <laughs> Day. I guess we're going on a triple date. Um, yeah, we're going on a triple murder date. Vampire witch date. Triple same. homicide. <laughs> yep. Too bad this is recorded. Just kidding. You won't find us. We didn't do anything. This is our alibi. Doing this here right now. Right. Just covering our bases, you know, law and order. Dun dun. (laughs) Well, happy Valentine's Day, y'all. Happy Galentine's Day. Happy Palentine's Day. You hang out with your booze. Whoever you love. Give them a smackaroo a little kiss oh a little oh that was probably really loud or a real smack just right across the face i mean it depends on who you're dealing with trust your heart it is valentine's day after all yeah although the boo that we chose would probably not accept our safe word so make sure you guys work that out ahead of time if that's what you're into yeah 100 percent. consent is sexy don't poison your partner or partners. Uh, uh, uh. Can you think of anything else? Just general life advice? I mean, how much time do we want to <laughs> keep going? Um, well, why don't we just round the people out with some good old usual podcasty stuff okay yeah so you guys can like rate follow subscribe twitter instagram facebook uh um we are working with the great north and uh, like a really cute awesome company that uh, supports Uh, environmental efforts in Canada and they also use some of their like leftover fabric and stuff to make doggy beds for shelters Uh, 
They got some really cute stuff. Heads up, it does run a little bit small, but the like accessories, the beanies and stuff are really cute too. And everybody got a head. That's generally one size fits all, y'all. Um, so if you go to the link on our Instagram, you do get a discount code for our podcast for the Great North. Yeah, so then that lets them know that you're listening to us, and then they give us a little something-something. So it works out for everybody. You get something. We get something. Dogs get beds. They get something. The earth is saved. So it's all good stuff. Yeah. Um, there's this really cool group that I don't know if I've mentioned before. Uh, they didn't reach out to us specifically, but I'm just going to toss them a little extra something, something. They spoke to me. It's this clothing brand called Where You Fit In, but it's like Where, W-E-A-R. Right. Did I talk about this already? Not to me. Oh, okay. So they reached out to me at some point. It was a little while ago, but I think about them all the time when they post new stuff. So it's this... Uh, clothing company run by these two dads who have this trans child and like I think they're non-binary or like transmasculine non-binary somewhere in that family of things and they were just so frustrated with having trouble finding clothes for their child so they founded a company that's not like gendered in terms of like sizing it's like or, like, the shape of the clothing, you know what I mean? It's right. Like, it's, like, a more, for lack of a better word, unisex or gender-neutral shape. Right. So, and the sizes are less, like, strict, so to speak. They have a lot of options, and they're working on their platform. And I wish them the best, because they seem really sweet, and they appreciate the support, so I'm going to throw them as much attention as I can. I think that's all the other people that we have to talk about. Anyway, follow us, subscribe, like, if you have comments or things to say. You like us, you hate us, you had feelings. Let us know. You had a great Valentine's Day. Get it, Bo. Uh, I'm just going to let you keep going because you're on a roll. Well, I'll leave you with this. Okay. Some words of wisdom. This is what it is, people. Goodbye. Bye.